This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. guys and welcome to another episode of the young lion cast your audio source for all things new japan pro wrestling i am your host rob goodname joined as ever by chris o'brien how are you chris um concerned like jesus keeps telling me he loves me but i really worry about the age gap (laughs) oh what (laughs) just what (sighs) Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'm I'm just going to ignore that because that seems to be the only way I can get through these podcasts nowadays. Um, we are continuing with our limited edition series documenting the feud between Okada ah, and Tanahashi. Sorry, dro- <laughs> drop my phone off my desk. Um, Jesus. So last week, we looked at Wrestle Kingdom 6, where Okada had a five-star classic with Yoshihashi. Um, we looked at the Tanahashi main event against Suzuki where he broke the consecutive IWGP heavyweight championships defense and then we looked at the Okada Rainmaker shock where he would then pin Hiroshi Tanahashi at the new beginning show to win the championship defeating the icon of New Japan. Now, in this episode, entitled, as you've seen from the podcast, Okada's First Reign, we are going to have a look at his two title defences, and then we are looking at the second instalment of Okada versus Tanahashi from Dominion 2012. Is there anything you want to add, Chris, before we delve headlong into this? Um, that, not that you're not going to shout at me for. So. <laughs> okay, okay. Should we, should we just move on? Should we go straight into it, buddy? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Okay. So... We move then to the anniversary show, the 40th anniversary show. Now, as we stated in the last podcast, every show in this year is called 40th anniversary because obviously it's a big deal for New Japan having gone from 1972 to 2012. It does make, as Chris mentioned in the last podcast, things fucking impossible to find on New Japan World because they've all got absolutely ridiculous names. I don't even search on New Japan World. I just keep going until about 2015 and just work my way through. (laughs) Um, So anyway, we talked about the new beginning show in 2012 in February, and Chris mentioned that one of the bonus matches to check out was the Nakamura-Naito semi-main event, in which Naito, who at this point was being pushed by Bushiroad as the organic babyface, almost a successor to what Tanahashi was at the time, um, he just defeated Nakamura. And this was supposed to be a huge thing, probably the biggest thing, coming out of that show and then okada said no no hold my beer now it was a sort of an informal number one contendership match anyway but naito sort of i think a little bit disgruntled at being one-upped anyway 
challenged Okada for the championship. And that challenge would take part at the actual 40th anniversary show at Corrigan Hall in March. Now, I must admit, Chris, I know Corrigan is a hotbed for Japanese wrestling. However, in this match, that might be the hottest Corrigan crowd I've heard ever. That was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, they were completely on fire. Well, Naito was over, which surprised me. Um, I'm going to be shitting on Naito basically up until 2016 uh, because, oh my fucking God. What do you mean? Well, he's such an obvious Tanahashi. You know, it's a Roman Reigns type thing where they so obviously wanted him to be John Cena, but we didn't seem to understand what made John Cena work. Yeah, I get that because obviously in the WWE, John Cena was... John Cena managed to continue the push that he was on because he was an incredibly charismatic individual. Roman Reigns didn't have that. And you're absolutely right. You watch Tanahashi captivate an audience and you just, you know, he oozes star quality. And I do get what you're saying. Naito is not that person. Naito did not ooze anything close to charisma at this point. I mean, you look at him now, he uses nothing but charisma. He's a fucking charisma... What's the opposite of a vacuum? A charisma blower? That doesn't make sense. A charisma oozer? That also doesn't make sense. Basically, he's got charisma coming out of his arse. A charisma cannon! Yes, I like that. Well done. Um, But yeah, at this time, aside from having a good moveset and a flashy finisher... That was all he had. Well, you say that. He had New Japan dojo training, so like he had a decent... He could shoot, probably shoot... Um, with, well, not with a batman, but he could probably shoot and somewhat hold his own. And then you have um, the fact that... He, like, he, he was a good wrestler. He was a very proficient wrestler. Like, we saw here how good he is at, like, target, um, limb targeting and psychology. But, like... Who cares? Because when he comes out, I'm just like, uh, I would rather be shitting in my hands and clapping than watching this man win a championship. Not just that, Chris. It's got to a point where, you know, anyone that comes out of the New Japan Dojo is a very, very good wrestler. It's not necessarily just good wrestling that you're invested in. I mean, you look up and down the New Japan roster. You've got fantastic wrestlers on all levels. Yeah. What sets you apart is, as we've said, the star quality, the charisma, well, and Naito didn't have that. Yeah, like it, it's it's going to sound really harsh saying this, but like a modern day Yoshiashi, where like Yoshiashi is probably in like objective terms like a really really good worker, but like he's so generic. Like you look at like in terms of like just pure like work rate and moves that like he's on level with he could be on he could be on level with like an Ishii or Goto. But then because both Ishii and Goto have their niche and Yoshihashi doesn't, Yoshihashi suffers because of it. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I, I, I still don't think he's that good a worker. I think he's a solid worker. I think he's a good hand. I think he's a tier below Ishii and Goto, personally. But that's just because I love Ishii. You know, I'm a massive Ishii mark. Um, yeah. I just I, I don't buy him as a babyface. Right. And I mentioned that in the last podcast. I actually thought that being a bit of a dickhead heel... I actually think it gave him a bit of character that he could have worked with. It would it would have been perfect for someone like Suzuki Gun. 
you look at you look at Yoshihashi and um his best matches are when someone's pulling character out of him. Like Ishii's a perfect example who can pull character out of Yoshihashi because the story's basically always, come on, get on my level. I want you to be on my level. Yeah, absolutely. We, I want we, somehow went, we have somehow went on a Yoshihashi tangent. Well, and there's a reason for that. There is a reason for that. Um in the last podcast we mentioned that Yoshihashi had joined Chaos. Uh, Chaos were a heel stable because at the moment it feels like chaos are basically the face stable of uh, of new japan whereas when they were initially set up by shinsuke nakamura they were heels they that's the faction from great bash heel um i thought it was a wasn't it from rage i might be getting mixed up oh, rise okay. rise not rage rise, rise. <laughs> sorry don't know why i've called them rage um Either way, it's about as good a name. Yeah. Either way, they were an extension of one of those, and they became the heel faction. Now, the reason I brought this up is obviously Okada had been recruited by Nakamura into this stable. That happened just before the New Beginning show, so that's why we get cocky, arrogant, dickhead Okada in the next three matches. Now, let's talk about the entrances for the Corrigan Hall show. I missed Naito's entrance. It was that bland. I genuinely didn't realise he'd entered the bloody arena. So that just goes to... That sort of piggybacks on what we were saying earlier about having that star quality, that charisma. Because when Okada enters, full head of purple hair now, not just the weird purple streak he had a new beginning, he opens his arms and the Okada dollars, Chris. We get oh the God. debut of the Okada dollars. It, it was great. It's it's fantastic. And you can see people like, oh, money! And then they realise it's got Okada's face on. You can see them all being really disappointed. It's brilliant. <laughs> what a heel move. But, I mean, this is his first title challenge. But he feels like a champion here. Yeah. He's like, again, he's he went from, like, surprise winner to ace in, like, a, in a month. Yeah. And I think by the end of his first title reign, he is universally seen as that, a legitimate title contender. Because, as we stated in the last podcast, he's won the belt, now he's got to prove himself with it. And his first proving block is this Naito match. So, Chris, opinion on this Naito match? Because I know that me and you might possibly disagree on a few things. Um... When this match started, I was I wasn't massive on it because there was so many fucking wrestles and I didn't feel like it was going anywhere. And then suddenly Naito started attacking Okada's leg, and then the match started working. It really did, and it it piggybacked a little bit onto the new beginning match because even though Tanahashi hadn't come into it with a game plan, he sort of on the fly started targeting. Okada's legs, obviously the dragon screw leg whips and the cloverleaf. Naito was far more focused on that knee. And it makes complete sense because literally all of Okada's moves revolve around him, with the exception of a Rainmaker, revolve him smashing his leg into the ground. Exactly, exactly. All So many of his, like the missile dropkick where he kicks someone off the top, pardon me, the neckbreaker onto his knee, the Tombstone Piledriver, where he lands on his knee, and this will sort of go into their um, the Dominion match we're going to talk about later. 
but Naito was phenomenal in his just relentless targeting of this limb, whether it's knee bars, whether it's the fantastic uh, Rainmaker reversal, or whether it's that brilliant spot where he's tied Okada's knee up into the barricade, goes to the apron and hits a missile dropkick off the apron onto the barricade. Uh, that was fantastic. That was absolutely brilliant. And I that's the, that's the point where this match went from a fairly interesting leg match to something great. Like, that's the one thing you sort of need when you're working over one limb. Like, you can very easily work over one limb, but you need to start being creative about it. And, like, you can either do that by, like, for example, adapting your um, moveset. For example, in a G1 match against Juice Robinson, when Juice Robinson had a broken arm, all of Naito's moves end up revolving around that arm. Or you start doing shit like this, which sort of called back to earlier in the match where Okada trapped um, Naito's neck and started kicking the barricade. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Okada had, again, once again, had a plan. His entire offense bases around destroying his opponent's neck. So he started doing that to um, Naito, and Naito started absolutely destroying Okada's knee. And it, at, at this point now, it's a pace above Okada Tanahashi's match from New Beginning. I feel like it's it's a quicker, more focused pace from both men. I feel like the reversals were a bit more smooth. Um, and I just felt this was a really, really, really good challenge. The crowd were absolutely electric throughout this and massively, massively behind Naito, which was strange considering basically how boring he was. Yeah, um, but like to be fair, I think it's because they were still angry at Okada. Possibly, possibly. But he did his job. He did his job. He was a dickhead heel champion. People didn't want to cheer for yeah. him. Um, um, he kept and every, and every while, kind of every time Okada got remotely any momentum, um, Naito could just swing it back um, with just by hitting one move to the leg. Because Okada, for someone so new to the business, a bit well, not new, but like so new to like main events at this point um sold his leg excellently yeah absolutely i did mean to say like that you earlier look, you look at someone like kento miyahara who's been in main events for years now has only recently started selling limbs properly <laughs> spam the knee strike <laughs> um but yeah like um last thing naito was smart but okada would just throw the book at him like he would hit, he hit a tombstone on the ground because apparently that's just his kink, um, which is fine in the confines of your own wrestling match. And then it's absolutely sick, like one of the sickest DDTs I've ever seen in my life. Is Naito the best person at spiking himself on a DDT? I think he RVD. might be. RVD. Oh yeah, RVD is pretty good. I'm thinking about obviously this one and then the one that Naito took from Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom 13. Where he oh, took yeah. it on the on the ramp and then on the table, just I'd, on his on top of his head. I'd say we're on par. Okay, it, I mean it's well, a moot point really, but I'm just yeah. interested. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then once again after a fantastic closing stretch with some brilliant reversals from Naito, eventually Okada managed to absolutely fucking obliterate him with another wonderful, wonderful rainmaker again. <clears throat> This is less than two months from that ridiculously poor attempt at Wrestle Kingdom 6. It's it's impossible to conceive that it's the same move at this point. Yeah, like... I'm trying to think of an example of where a move actually got better. Like, this much. 
it's difficult because, I mean, at this point now, when we're talking 2020, people kick out of the Rainmaker all the time. But here, he pinned Tanahashi with one, he pinned Yoshihashi with half a one, and he pinned Naito with one. And the Naito one and the Tanahashi one, they're better than he does them now, in my opinion. You've just put um, the image of two and a half Rainmakers in my head, and it's just like <laughs> two and a half men theme. <laughs> men, 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 menly men, men. Um, it's, it's like there's two Okadas and then a smaller Okada. <laughs> Altogether, Chris, what was your thought on this match? What did you give it? What do you think? I, I thought it was really good. Um, I guess like those points, despite knowing the the result, I sort of like shot up a little bit because oh my god, um, Nice might do it, and of course he won't because this was eight years ago <laughs> and against Okada and against Okada and yeah um, I, I liked how like seeds were planted because that's just what happens in New Japan seeds are always planted in the first match and then it's carried over for example um, him eating shit on the Stardust press that would just become something he does um, <laughs> a lot some would say too much two years too late anyway um, yeah like the limb targeting was fine. I kind of felt like Okada was ignoring it in the final stretch, but, you know, needs must, I guess. Um, I get a high eight. Like, it's really, really good. I give it nine. Um, you know how much I love a limb match, and I think Naito, how relentless he was with that knee, like I've already said, and how Okada sold it. Yeah, fine. For the last stretch, <clears throat> maybe he didn't sell it as well as he could have done. But again, his main, that entire main sequence is about hitting the Rainmaker. And he doesn't necessarily need to use the knee as much for the Rainmaker, um, especially when he ends it, because all he's got to do is fall on top of his opponent, and then he's won. Um, one thing I do want to mention is the smiles. And just every time the camera cut to Okada's face and he just hit Naito with a move, whatever it was, he just had this proper shit-eating grin on his face. And it was brilliant. It was like a proper, oh, fuck off, Okada, you prick. He really elicited that reaction out of the crowd just by this cocky, arrogant, playboy look on his face like, I am so fucking good. Yeah, like, if it's sort of like Sammy Guevara. It's for a modern comparison. Yes. Yeah. Like, we, we're just like, oh, look at this entitled little shit. <laughs> Despite the fact that Sean Guevara's older than me, but still. <laughs> and then, but he follows it up in the ring, and you're like, fuck, yeah, he is, he is pretty good. And you can feel it in Corican Hall, even though they are 100% behind Naito because you defeated Tanahashi, you dickhead. You know, there was still a sense of, Jesus, he is actually really good in the ring, isn't he? So, yeah, just an absolutely fantastic match. I really, really, really enjoyed this match, far more than I thought I would do. Let's move on, then. So, just after the anniversary show, we start the New Japan Cup. And the New Japan Cup, at this point in 2012, is won by serial loser Hiroki Goto, um, who actually defeats Tanahashi in the final and will then go on to challenge Okada at Wrestling Dontaku. Chris, is there anything you want to say about this period, or anything in particular? Um, Goto beating Tana was a, de- 
was a good because okay so going into um before before the rainmaker shock there are basically two main candidates for pinning tanahashi and becoming the new weight and it's basically goto as weird as it is in hindsight and um naito and so okada sort of beaten the two possible replacements sort of solidified him as that so that's a good story b um it's you know it's very rare you get IC versus um, IWGP champion. The IC belt is definitely not definitely not looking like itself. No, I was going to say that bronze and black IC championship. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, Nakamura introduced the white look um, because he was like, what the fuck is this shit? Thank you. We we appreciate that massively, Nakamura. I can't begin we to stand. describe. <laughs> um, but yeah, like for copper about it just looks like such an it looks worse than the never about it does it just looks very very bland very generic very wwe cheap. 2k generic championship doesn't yeah, it it's like oh we had three minutes to do um to make this belt from mum called us for tea so. yeah it doesn't feel like the secondary singles title at the moment does it i mean it was no the inception was 2011 i think when mvp won it yeah no yeah because it was last year during tan's reign yeah so i mean it's less than a year old at this point so obviously it hasn't got the prestige it needs but goto holding it and goto at this point was being pushed massively and would continue to be pushed massively into 2013 and 14 well he's pushed massively before he won the g1 in 2008 2009 he won it Oh, was it? Uh, who won oh it? no, I, I was just... it actually? Because we have, I have reviewed this for the site. He beat Maccabee. Um, yeah, because it was during the um, Great Bash Hill versus everyone else feud. <laughs> yeah, uh, just let me check. Carry on talking. Um, I don't know what to say now. <laughs> Ad lib. <laughs> um, okay, what I have in my hand right now is you were right. It was two thousand and eight. Okay, so I don't need to read that. Um, no, you don't. Of, <laughs> I don't need to read part of Morrissey's biography. Good. Please stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, like going into this match, Okada was basically going through like what were meant to be the replacements and beating them. He was basically terminating them. Yeah, and then this match happened, and I don't like this match very much. <laughs> right. So for me. I like Goto. I've all... Yeah, I, no, I also like Goto. Like, the only time I didn't like him was when he was making the Never Seen bad, like, during the last um, part of 2018 to beginning of 2019 because he desperately needed time off. And now that he had that time off, came back, he's been great ever since. Like, putting on consistent bangers with whoever he's put in the ring with. And, like, it was yeah. sort, of the same, sort of the same back then. He was super over as well. He was massively over. But again, he was being pushed correctly. I think the problem was in 2018 is that he just, he'd burnt out. I mean, he was he yeah, was still having good just... matches in ring, but people were sick of given... seeing him. He kept being given like sort of the fallen samurai thing, which works for him, but like he was having one of them every year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, here, absolutely huge reaction for Goto. But again, more and more people, and you could see, if you look at the transition from the New Beginning show to the Anniversary show to the Dontaku show, more and more people are buying into Okada as the champion. 
more and more people can see this guy has got the star factor. The star factor that, unfortunately, neither Goto nor Naito actually have. Yeah, he's rocking charisma. From my understand, for Japanese speakers, he's not an exceptionally good promo, but that's what Gato's for. So, like, they were pushing him, like, completely right. Like, we didn't make a... We absolutely didn't make a misstep of his first reign. Um... Yeah, the Okada dollars are back, which I kind of miss nowadays. He doesn't tend to use them. No, they got replaced by the balloons and then never got ball back. <laughs> Fucking balloons. To be fair, um, I enjoyed that. I just don't think we went far enough. I think he should have went crazier. I think he should have just started drinking with Yano. I think he should have gone over in the G1. That would have really, really fucked people up. No, that would have been great. I, I, I wanted that to happen, but then they were like, no, nah, we're going to make him lose twice and then win every other fucking match, like he's Kushida or something. Um, but, but yeah, going on to this match, um, the first part was all right, like the technical exchange, like the first five minutes. Um, and then when they both went outside, Okada tried to drag Goto for the floor power driver because that's just what he does now. And um, Goto was like, nah, I've got this character and brought him back. And then started, Rob, 10 minutes of fucking nothing. The way I saw it, the way I read this match, <clears throat> was that Goto had taken a very Tanahashi-like approach to the start of this match. Because even though Okada was champion, you could see Goto not taking him seriously as a champion, as a competitor. And I think for the first, you know, what, quarter of the match... Goto was taking it easy. He thought I'll be able to, I'll be able to annihilate this guy. He's fucking shit. You know, he's a young lion that's come back. He's basically a pretender to the throne. Um, and the more the match progressed, the more Goto realized, ah, shit, I'm gonna have to actually put effort in. And but here yeah, but... you had a different of a you had a different Okada. He was basically being a cowardly dickhead heel. He was. Yeah. Trying to get away from Goto's really stiff offense. You know, I don't want to be part of that bullshit. No, fuck off. Yeah, but also, up until the point where they started delivering bombs, that story wasn't effectively as effective as it could be. If it was more effective, I would have praised it, but it wasn't, and it just felt like 10, year, 10 minutes of stalling because we have to go half an hour. Which is no, possibly, fair it's enough. A, it's a it's a problem you get a lot in. Like you saw it in the Kenta versus Naito match and the Tana and the Tai Chi versus Okada match from um earlier this year. It's just a problem with the current format of New Japan main events. It doesn't mean it's not fucking frustrating. Because like don't get me wrong, when we start throwing bombs at each other, oh my fucking god. Yeah. that's that's the start that's the side of Goto that I love. Um that's this, the side of Okada and Goto and this match that I loved. But yeah, I, I do see your point. It did sort of lull a little bit in the middle. Um, once we got into the stuff approaching that closing stretch, where... As soon as um, Goto hit a massive backdrop, it just started. Like, an angle slam, but, like, the angle slam led to Okada landing on his head. Well, there was a couple of bits, and I'm wondering if this was something they were trying to tell, about how even though Okada is the champion at this point, he's still a very inexperienced champion because you had the botched Raymaker attempt you had the and it was a very obvious botch they tried it again and saved it a little bit by Goto in the Yushigoroshi then you had um, there was a bit where he tried to grab Goto to take him through the gate and then that sort of didn't work and looked a bit clunky and there were a couple of moments that looked like that and 
I don't know whether I'm just creating a story in my own head, but it could be, you know, the knee damage they'd sustained from Tanahashi at New Beginning, Naito at the didn't... anniversary show. They didn't they didn't play it enough in this match. I think if they'd if Goto had thought, right, well, I'm just gonna fuck your knee up even more, that would have been brilliant. Would have worked yeah. even I, per- more. Goto didn't normally do shit like that, so it kind of makes sense. But also like it did lead to a lot of this match just feeling pointless like a lot up until the bombs nothing felt like it contributed like the three parts for, to me didn't connect like the three i agree it's, like, it's fine it's just fine like it's sort of like an evil match where like the first two thirds is bollocks but then the last third is amazing like because seriously the last the finishing stretch was up there with any finishing stretch from today like jesus christ a top rope yoshi yoshi oh my god yeah that was an absolutely outstanding moment he doesn't do that properly now he doesn't do the top rope yoshi Garoshi. no he, do- he doesn't even do yoshi Garoshi properly now like what what happened to you goto you you lost the hunger i think as well at this point in the last stretch okada's starting to panic because yeah. he is very much on the he, back foot he is very clearly not thinking straight no and when he does hit that rainmaker it's very much it. He scrabbles to get to that pinfall. He's like, I can't have this going any fucking longer. And then eventually pins him and wins. But that stuff like that worked really, really well in this match because he just had a really, really good technical match with Naito. To then go here and basically be beaten around like a beach ball by Goto worked really well. It was a different challenge. I do agree with you. Maybe it didn't need to go the, the amount of time it did. But I do think there were elements of this match that were fantastic. Oh, Parts of, part of this match were really, really, really good. It's just you need to connect. It's trying to tell three different stories and didn't really tell any, um, many of them effectively until the end. Yeah, um, I agree. It, it is still a good match. Like it speaks to how good it is that we've managed to go this long without talking about Goto's hammer pants. <laughs> I forgot about them. <laughs> They are. They were. Like, yeah. Thank God for it, his gear now. Jesus. It's just. It's just a running theme of Goto making really questionable um, fashion choices. I mean, I know it's. I know it's a samurai thing, and I know it's. You know, it's but all I, part no, of that culture. But got over better. Remember his red attire from like 2016, 2017, like with a little samurai logo um, on his knee pads as well. I thought that conveyed samurai much better than this where i'm just looking at you go going and i'm thinking <laughs> you're a pound land shinya hashimoto get the fuck out of here um yeah i mean game back to time went 24 minutes and 55 seconds if this had have been 20 minutes this could have been a 9 out of 10 easily um but i, I do agree with you it did lag in the middle and whereas i didn't feel that for the naito match gave that nine stars because i felt like there wasn't that black hole of nothingness that this sort of struggle from talking about um naito's gimmick um (laughs) what did you give this out of ten seven i agree with you i agree with you like i'm trying to think of it like a movie comparison which is hard for me Um, (laughs) of the eight movies you've seen in your life yes um is it high school musical one two or three do you think chris i tell you what though high school musical two because um the two the parts of that didn't connect and they really needed to flesh out Gabriella and Troy's relationship, but they didn't when they had him break up in the middle for no reason. So we can go play baseball. It's kind of like that. This is the high school musical two of matches, Rob. I do agree with you. I immediately regret bringing that up. Um, anyway, 
afterwards, having had a tag match in the semi-main of Dontaku, um, Hiroshi Tanahashi comes out and challenges once again for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. He's ready to reclaim the crown that basically he thinks he had stolen from him by fluke. Um, Okada sort of says yes for some reason. They have a pose-off and once again, Okada gets eviscerated. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody cheers for the Rainmaker pose. Not one person. It's just not fair on him, is it? It's not. But I will say... The exchange here at the end of Dontaku to the exchange they had at Wrestle Kingdom 6, there's no comparison. And not just because he sorted his hair out. Um, Okada looks like a different person. He carries himself like a different person. And he feels right in the ring with Tanner. How the fuck do you get your face less pudgy? I I think he just leaned up. I think he must have spent every waking minute of those 39 days between Yoshihashi and Tanahashi. He must have spent every single day in the gym because it was he, he looked like a different person. And this must have now Gado just there going, don't give up, do it, keep going. If you want, basically, I've, I should have mentioned this last week, if you want a comparison between the two, look at the match graphics for Wrestle Kingdom 6 and the new beginning. Oh, in, in Wrestle Kingdom 6, he looks like a disaffected youth. He he looks like it it looks like a different person. He looks about 15 for a start and just yeah, completely different person. Um anyway, Tanahashi comes down, the match is set, match number 2 in their feud and that will happen at Dominion 2012. And Chris is there anything you want to add before we go to the 16th of June for this match? Um, I would if there was anything between the two and New Japan World. Yeah, obviously we are struggling a little bit on 2012 because they haven't uploaded everything. But uh, I don't think they ever will. Because quite frankly, how many Captain New Japan matches do we need? Hey! Yeah, you're right. Captain Um, fucking New Japan can we just Um, sorry I forgot to mention this before and I need to mention it now because otherwise I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to mention it because 2013's the star of Bullet Club in the new beginning match did you notice Bad Luck Farley who is obviously a young lion at this point yeah you can also see him in the Goto match I forgot to mention he's stopping people from getting like near Okada in the crowd well there's also Evil and Hiromu all of them are ringside. But the reason I brought up New Beginning specifically is because all the others are wearing the tracksuits or the t-shirts. Farley in the New Beginning show is wearing a fucking Spider-Man t-shirt. I, I literally think it's because we didn't make a shirt big enough for him. He was wearing a Spider-Man t-shirt, shorts, ankle socks and trainers. He looked like a tourist who'd walked into it and gone, oh no. I'm in the wrong place. I thought this was Morrison's. Shit. Do we have Morrison's in Japan? I don't know. I don't know. But so it... I, to be honest, I, can't, I imagine the sushi would be better. Actually, I imagine like you can't make um, like supermarket sushi better no matter where you're around the world. So there you go. Um, <laughs> there you but go. Wait, this, very quickly, this Dominion um, card. Yeah, I was just going to go on to that. Go on. There's, there's some decent stuff on here. 
Um, for example, the Golden Lovers and Daisuke Sasaki, for some reason, taking on Bushi, Kushida, and Devitt. What a weird mismatch. It is a w- well, it is when you consider 2013, it, yeah. Yeah, in hindsight. Um, chaos um, of Ishii and Yoshiashi and Rocky Romero, who apparently wasn't in Chaos, according to Cage Match, <laughs> take, taking on um, Waratu, and I can't say that, and I have no fucking clue who he in is. In no way. In no um, what's his rating on cage match? Six out of ten. That's probably why I don't know who the fuck he is. Um, Yuji Nagata and Captain New Japan. Good God, Jesus Christ! Captain Stardom's better. Um, the IWGP Tag Title, um, Junior Tag Titles, um, Liger and Tiger, which is such a weird team to me. Yep, I agree um, with you. Taking it's, it's like, oh, they have masks. Go on. Um, <laughs> taking on Taichi and Taka. Um, this is a long card, so I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to stop doing it verbatim. But like, um, but, but it's so weird. Like, if they seem to just put together people together people for superficial reasons, like again, like when Taika masks, I can I literally don't know why they put MVP and Shelton Benjamin together. Well, considering Dominion at the moment in tw- in 2020 is seen as the second, pardon me, biggest show of the New Japan calendar. You yeah. look down the card on this Dominion, a singles match with nothing, with no um, sort of prize at the end of it, would not fly as a semi-main in today's well, it Dominion. It depends on the views, I guess. Makabe versus Suzuki would not fly. You've then got in the third to last match, a tag team match with Tanaka and um, Nakamura defeating Goto and Naito. It doesn't feel like a special card. And I think... No. <clears throat> this... Why is there two tag title matches? Sorry, I just noticed this. Junior oh, and Heavyweight? In... No, there's two... I Oh, it's... they're both Izuka and Tenkoji and they both ended in no contests. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to watch that. Um, So, yeah, <laughs> this is basically the start of Dominion being a special show. And it's on the back of the main event with Tanahashi defeating Okada, getting his wind back in 28 minutes and six seconds. Now, Chris, going back from Goto, um, who, where we said that match had that lull in the middle, that went 24 minutes and 55 seconds here. This went 28 minutes and it didn't feel like it went 28 no, it didn't. It felt about as long as their new beginning match. Yeah, it did. And, well, on the flip side of their new beginning match, this was fucking great. This, this was phenomenal. Yeah. Because, um, first of all, right down to how they carried themselves, now Okada was the cocky one. Cause he's like, I've beaten Tanahashi with his stupid flying V and explore it if he's a nasty bitch. Um, <laughs> and then Tana's just not... He's not playing to the crowd at all like in any way there's so many parallels and so many callbacks to their first match and i know you're obviously going to do that in you know trilogies and things like that but here it just it's so poignant it's such a there's such a difference a disparity between oh you know tanahashi taking six and a half minutes to get to the fucking ring because he's hugging every single fucking child on the way to the ring and here where well and then now he's taken what a minute to get down to the ring there's no air guitar and he's just there i have a game plan i need to be focused no one talk to me no one talk to me 
It's great. Absolutely great. And the match follows suit. I absolutely love this match, Chris. Yeah, it, um, it had the same story as Naito um, Okada in the fact that Tanahashi kept going after the knee. But like when Tanahashi would go after the knee, he'd follow up with more attack to the knee, whereas Naito would more attack the knee to create opening for, openings for different um, moves. Tana just wouldn't stop on the knee. Like, at all. To the point where Okada couldn't... Every time he hit his offense, he couldn't... Ca- like, why? the reason he kept he won a new beginning was because every time Tanahashi put together a run, um, one big bomb would stop Tanahashi in his tracks, whereas when Okada hit a bomb, he couldn't follow up because his knee was fucked and all his uh, moves are knee-based. No, you're absolutely right. And there was one moment, again, where... Um, Tanahashi flung Okada into the corner and Okada couldn't come out of the corner because he tried to like bounce off the turnbuckle and come back out and his knee gave way. He tried to mm. do the tombstone pile driver later on in the match and we'll talk about that closing stretch because fuck me, that closing stretch. But he tries to do a tombstone pile driver and they really, really play on the fact that he can't do it because of his own knee. And I think you're right. There is a difference in the way that Naito targeted the knee and the way that Tanahashi targeted the knee. Neither of them are bad. But Tanahashi, the story is that he's seen that, obviously, the Rainmaker took a lot of punishment in New Beginning to the knee. He took a lot of punishment again at the hands of Naito at the anniversary show. So I'm going to continue to target that knee. Because the more I target it, I'm chipping away at his offense, I'm chipping away at his vertical base. And that level of plan that he didn't have a new beginning would ultimately serve the purpose of getting him that championship back. Because even though, right here, Okada felt like he belonged in the main event. And after this show, Meltzer goes on a big thing about how Okada has proved everyone wrong. And he has. But he's still inexperienced. And they play on that as well. That's the thing, because um, the reason he was managed to overwhelm Naito is because Naito doesn't have a ton more experience than him. Whereas Tanahashi sort of just knew how to shut him down. Like, now that Tanahashi got a feel for him. It's like, you know what it's like, Rob? It's like Mega Man. Go on. Um, where the first time you beat it, you have no clue how to beat this boss, and you keep dying and keep dying and keep dying. And then the second, um, on your second run through when you beat him all, you're like, yeah, I know how to beat you. Boom, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, because I think Okada had a lot of similar offense to what he did in the New Beginning show. Because you know that worked once, why is it not going to work again? Yeah, that would sort of become a hallmark of this feud. It's like, well, this worked before, so why wouldn't it work now? Yeah, but the more they fought, the more they learned about each other, and that just it continued to carry on throughout that story. The one moment I'm thinking of here, and it proved. Not necessarily a naivety, but an inexperience of Okada. So the first time that Tanahashi goes for the high fly flow, he goes for it and Okada rolls out of the way. Mm-hmm. After more sustained attacks on his knee... He puts his knees up. He puts his knees up. And that is the turning point in the match. That leads to him not being able to hit the Tombstone Pile Driver and allowing Tanahashi to reverse it into his own Tombstone Pile Driver and ultimately leads to the high fly flows that sort of finish the match. And just that one moment, that one moment of almost instinct taking over from his experience proves that, you know, that's why Tanahashi's the ace. That's why 
ultimately, Okada, at the moment, you are a novice. And it was such a quick story beat, but I absolutely loved it. And it, I love it when limbs, you know, he's targeted that limb all the way through the fucking match. Thank you for playing it into the finish. Because that's what I want in my life. That never happens. Not, like, uh, just, not just the limb targeting, but like the... Um, what we did here where we just played off every, not only the last match, but the title defense before that. I can't think of a match that does that in New Japan nowadays. <sighs> Maybe when Jay White's in a feud with someone. Like, for example, Jay White went mercifully after Naito's leg and neck um, at Wrestle Kingdom. But like, other than that, I can't think of anyone who really wrestles like that in New Japan. The last right time now. that I remember it happening... And there, there probably are um, other times. But like to this level. Yeah, is when Jay White took the title off Tanner. Um, not even in that match in Osaka. It was actually the tag match in Sapporo where Jay White had created an entirely new finisher called the Tanahashi Tapout, the TTO. <laughs> and literally just absolutely obliterated the knee of Tanahashi, then locked in that submission for him to tap out. But then like, again, that's not how the main event, that's not how Osaka finished. But Yeah, but like, when, like of course matches do that. Like Naito and Okada do that, and then like the Okada Omega feud do that. Like loads of matches do that, like, but like this close together, no, it doesn't happen. Like, you look at the Okada-Sanada matches from last year, in hindsight, they were all great as you were watching them, but they all blend together. They were great spectacles, but here yeah. there was a story from one event to another that involved so many more story beats and so many more people. Yeah. Um, that, that yeah, You're going to see, as we go um, through this, so many story beats ended up either derailing, like, deliberately derailing or um, playing into this feud. Like this feud will is going to go on to, with the formation of um, the biggest faction the world seen since the NWO. It's going to um, involve the rise and fall of um, a would be ace. It's going to um, just see invaders come in, and it's it's insane. It's insane the reach this feud had within just for promotion. Yeah, absolutely. This match is a standalone. Then the Dominion match. What did you give it out of ten? Um, because of all the factors around it, because of how well it played it, I'm actually giving it a 10. Well, I gave it a 9, but I have no problem giving it a 10. It was a phenomenal match. Um, really, really good. I can only think of like two or three matches of theirs that I've seen <clears> that I like better than this one. Are two of them Wrestle Kingdom 9 and Wrestle Kingdom 10? Yes, of course they <laughs> fucking are. Well, speaking of Wrestle Kingdom, Chris, what have we got in store for episode 3? Well, episode 3 is for Road and then Wrestle Kingdom. Um, it's going to be... Your main matches you're looking out for is Okada versus Kyle Anderson in the G1 final. This is the only way I can get Rob to watch this fucking match so I can show him that Kyle Anderson can actually fucking work. Watched it. Uh, oh, you have? Yeah, it's reviewed on the site. I gave it eight stars. Oh, but I, I remember this being an argument like a year ago. Um, and then Tana versus Marafuji because um, I wanted to get one Tana title defense in there and we only have one between um, G1 and um, Wrestle Kingdom was Suzuki King of Pro Wrestling which we've covered so that's going to be a bonus match if you haven't seen that go watch it it's one of the best matches in New Japan history yep got five stars um, from Meltzer and it is the first match what was it in five years that got five stars in New Japan 
I think so. I don't know, but also we gave it 10 out of 10, which is more important because we're more consistent with our ratings. Apparently. No, but we have. <laughs> um, and then Okada versus Tana at Bedome because... Of course. I actually haven't seen this one. This is one of the few I haven't seen. No, I haven't seen any of Wrestle Kingdom 7. I've watched Wrestle Kingdom 6, 6, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Why did 12. you skip 7? I don't know. I've just, I've never seen 7. I watched 8 because I wanted to see the storyline between Naito and Okada. I've just, I've never seen oh. Wrestle Kingdom 7. It's always just been one of a, I just haven't seen. I haven't avoided it. Um, But yeah, just never seen it. I actually wanted to watch 5 more than I wanted to watch 7. Don't know why. Who headlined for? Oh, it was Ko- Kojima and. No, I need to. I, I, there's two dome shows I want to watch, neither of them in New Japan. Actually, there's three. There's the Giant Baba Memorial. Yeah. Because um, Vader versus Misawa. Oh my god. Um, Big Egg Pro Wrestling Universe. Obviously, yeah. And um, one we were meant to review like a year and a half ago now in Noah's um, Grand Voyage. Oh, is that. Um... Yeah, I know which one you're about. Kawada versus Marufuji, um, Suzaki versus um, Kabashi, and Kenta versus... Do you know, I know who all these people... Like, my main problem was I didn't know who all these people were back then. I know who we are now, so I probably wouldn't have any trouble. I might watch it today. Wait, no, I have something to do today. I might watch it tomorrow. Oh, I have something to do tomorrow. I'll watch it at some point. Um, <laughs> but anyway, your bonus matches for next time. Uh, Tana versus... Oh, that's the wrong one. Is Tana versus Suzuki at King of Pro Wrestling, because obviously um okada versus carl anderson at king of pro wrestling because um a, a briefcase defense i but i believe um this is considered better than the g1 yeah well okada's winning of the g1 is the first instance of as we mentioned in the last podcast of the winner choosing wrestle kingdom to be yeah. the base for their um championship match and but then everyone's like yeah, I'm going to do that too. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, and then basically this was the first instance of New Japan going, yeah, you can do that, but because you're waiting so long, you've got to defend your briefcase. And obviously Carl Anderson was the first person he defended it against. Yeah, I can't think of who else he defended it against, but he did defend it again. I couldn't find it in World. Um, but yeah, that's going to be next time. It's going to be fun. I'm actually more looking forward to part four because it involves seeds for Bullet Club. This is a little... A little teaser for you there. Then again, Bullet Club wouldn't play into this story for like another year after that, but still. (laughs) Right. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. That is the end of this episode. Join us next week as we go on the road to the Tokyo Dome. Um, In the meantime, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Um, You can get them anywhere you get your podcast spotify stitcher all those good places check out the website www.podmania.co.uk where you've got all our archived episodes as well as all our match ratings again absolutely loads of new japan ratings on there um you can talk to me on twitter at at real rob goodwin chris where can they find you and Bushi. You can talk to the Young Lioncast at, at the Young Lioncast and also our Facebook group. So join the Podmania Podcast's Facebook group for all sorts of good wrestling chat. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and we'll join you next week for part three The Road to Tokyo Dome. <laughs>